Blog Talk Radio. I have returned to the land of the living. I am a zombie. I am a zombie. I am a zombie. Every dead body that is not exterminated becomes one of them. It gets up and kills. The people it kills get up and kill. Welcome to the November 2nd edition of Rubber Guard Radio. Uh, special edition, we're going on a Friday night tonight. We're going to have Texas independent worker and friend of the show, David Fuller, on. Um, before we get going, um, I do have a few messages to send out to those that may be listening live. Okay, my drop board's not working here. So... What I'm going to do is I'm going to take David live on the air. Suck my dick, asshole. <laughs> Dave? Dave? Mitty, you fucking troll tard. Suck my dick, asshole. David? Good evening. What's going on, brother? How you doing? Pretty good. How about yourself? Uh, not bad, not bad. Uh, before we get started, I'm going to plug your MySpace. You have a new one. Yep. Uh, MySpace.com backslash Vengeance David Fuller. Now that we got that out of the way, what's up, bro? Oh, been a little bit, been a little under the weather the past couple of days, but um, I'm keeping on trucking. Cool. I think cool. I got food poisoning. So maybe it's one of these rival, maybe it's one of these rival promoters trying to put something in my food and take me out of commission. That's funny. Well, you wanted the time, brother. You got it. What's on your mind? Oh, I just um, I just wanted to come back on and just talk some more about uh, some some of the old days and uh, some of some of the crazy things you ran into. Uh, first of all, I gotta say, uh, well, I've gotta congratulate you on back on Crazy Max, man. That's awesome. It's, it's long overdue, <laughs> in my opinion. KZ is back from the dead, man. That's that. Yes, and. Uh, so I guess there's no room left in hell because now the dead is walking the earth. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, 
But uh, before we excuse me, before we get going, um, I do need to send a little shout out to someone there. Fucking drop cord's not working again. Mitty, you fucking troll tard. Suck my dick, asshole. There we go. <laughs> just had a little problem today. Uh, someone that was uh, someone that was dissing me in the show, and I just I can't have that. Oh, I understand. <clears throat> yeah, so it's just you and me, brother. Uh, guy has the night off. Oh. So uh, we're going to be here for two hours, talking pretty much anything. Uh, we will have open phone lines all evening. Area code three four seven two one five seven nine four six. We like to call in to speak to either David or myself, or you know we can talk about pretty much anything: MMA, pro wrestling, music, fucking movies, whatever you want to do. Uh, so, did you watch Raw? Yes, I uh, Hatibo did a course. Mm-hmm. Did you? Yeah. I saw just the promo with Vince and Sean. Oh yes. What did you? Uh, it's it, it's it's the same thing I saw pretty much all last year. So. Yeah, it's just bullshit. Yeah, and I uh, T boat Impact, and uh, I, I don't know what was a bigger joke, Raw or Impact. Yeah, no shit. I did watch um, Chikara today. Their their last release, Cybernetico and Robin. Oh, that right. was some fun stuff. The Cybernetico is always fun. Oh, you know, yeah, you got definitely. Eight on eight, and you know they go usually go about an hour. So it's pretty wacky. Was that on? Was that on? Uh, was that on Galavision? No, no, it's uh, independent. Oh, it's DVD. I, I got it from smartmarkvideo.com. Oh, okay. Cheap plug, cheap plug. There you go. That's okay. Support your indies. Yeah, there you go. Without indies, without indies, I wouldn't be around. Without in- indies, half, most of the guys wouldn't be around. Exactly. Who was the last? Who was the last guy to, to walk in the door without going through indies? <clears throat> At all. Orton, maybe. Well, then Orton, I thought Orton had a little bit of stint with WLW in Missouri with Harley Race. No, that was during the during the OVW. Oh, okay. Well, then more than likely it was him because of his, his background. And then before him was Angle. Right, because of the Olympics. Yeah, they signed Angle and then he went into developmental. He went into USWA or the Memphis Territory at the time, not USWA. That's so Power Pro Wrestling. Exactly. Yeah. Well, uh... And then, uh... Before that was um, The Rock. Yes. They signed him as Flex Cabana, and then he went into Power Pro Wrestling as well, correct? No, he was Memphis. That was when USWA was still around. That's right. Yeah. See, I kind of, I kind of, uh, I kind of zoned out from, uh, from some, in some of the 90s independence because I was just, well, I was young and I was so into the national product, so I kind of zoned out. So I'm still catching up on my indies from back in the day. <laughs> the late, the, the mid to late nineties were a good time for indies. Oh yeah, definitely. <clears throat> Most definitely. You know, with uh, the Hardy Boys, they had the Omega promotion. Right. Out in Carolina, and they had uh, Shannon Moore, Shane Helms, you know, all those other guys. And that was a hot product back then. And then uh, the East Coast was really starting to burn up with the uh, Reckless Youth and all those other guys, Don Montoya and whatnot. Mike Quackenbush, right? Quackenbush, yeah, the Black Teacher Squad. Those guys were really cool when they came down, and, you know, they had worked several shows down here in Texas. They had worked uh, up for a promotion called MSPW, and I went into this kind of on the last episode I was on. Um, uh, MSPW was a little promotion down here in Texas, 
and they, it was ran by this guy named, uh, I forget his name, it's Mr. Character and his son Jason Character. So these guys had all this money. Well, Jason Character was a little was a young guy, and he was a big internet wrestling mark. Mm-hmm. He was just like, man, we got to bring these guys in. So he lined up all these shows. Uh, they had one show in Nagadoches. They had Spike Dudley, Reckless Hughes, Mike Quackenbush, the one-man gang against the Necro Butcher was the headliner. No, I didn't go to the show. My brother-in-law went. He told me this story, and this is exactly what happened, and I'm not trying to steal anybody's seat. This is exactly what happened, and I may get into some trouble for telling it this way, but this is exactly what happened. Uh, One-man gang did not like Necro Butcher. He just didn't like him. So I don't know if somebody put it in his ear to do this. One-man gang went out to the ring and just went off on Necro Butcher and shot on him and hit him with the most brutal shots you could possibly think of. And during the match, the one-man gang, totally out of character, is yelling, get out of my sport, boy, while he's hitting Necro. And Necro is putting up his middle finger going, fuck you, old man. (laughs) And just getting pummeled, just getting murdered with these chair shots and these garbage can shots. And and, uh, from what I hear, the match didn't even have a finish. Because every time Gang would hit him, Necro would sell, but he'd get right back up. So eventually, one-man Gang just left, just walked out of the ring. So, so they had that show in Nagadoches, and they had uh, my brother-in-law went. My brother-in-law's marking out. You know, he went out of his way to get front row seats because he thought this show was going to be sold out. He got there, there was like 50 people in the audience. So then they had a show in Lufkin. They brought in Mike Quackenbush, Reckless Youth, uh, and uh, Julio De Niro. They brought in him. So we went back, and we went. Th- we rode there with Rodney Mack. He drove us there, so we rode there with him. He worked the show with Necro. So we were hanging out backstage, 25 people in the audience. Of course, then their last show, it was in Houston. It was a show I worked. I wrestled jazz. New Jack was there, Man Man Pondo, Youth, Quack, Ray Mysterio Sr. That was the stacked show, right? That was the really stacked show that they had 20 people in the audience. And I remember it was funny. uh, They had the format. It was a four-hour show, KZ. It was a four-hour show, and they explained to me that this is a TV taping. So I'm like, okay, that's cool. So New Jack gets there. It's timeless. I love this. I'm in the I'm in the back chilling, and New Jack goes up to the format sheet, and he's looking at all the matches, and he's like, how many times? This is exactly what he says. How many times y'all got me going out there? Just the four? He said, fuck that. I ain't wrestling the four times. And the guy said, it's a TV taping. And New Jack goes, what was your daddy's little camera? <laughs> Welcome to indie wrestling. Right. So uh, New Jack just said, "I'm not going out there. I'll wrestle twice. I wrestled twice, and I was. I remember Necro wrestled like five times. Man, Man Pondo wrestled like three times. I wrestled once. I wrestled Jazz just the one time, and uh, that was it. And it's funny uh, the story I heard later about New Jack. New Jack was totally cool. He was very cool. I was very intimidated by him, but he's very cool. So anyway, so Necro. A guy by the name of Damon Richards, Man Man Pondo, and New Jack all went out to this strip bar in Houston afterwards. <clears throat> so Damon Richards orders a regular salad, and New Jack, I think, orders a salad with his meal. So the, wait- the waiter brings salad over to them, brings their meals. New Jack starts throwing a commotion. Why is the white guy's salad bigger than mine? It totally just starts going off on the waiter. He's like, "Why does it sound like I'm big? Why does the white boy sound like I'm bigger than mine?" And the waiter's like, "You got a meal?" He didn't. It was just. I heard it was hilarious. I heard Pondo was just losing it. 
That's pretty funny. Uh, we we don't tend to break news or anything on this show, but um, I'm going to run down some results from uh, Japan of a pretty important show. On November 2nd, for New Japan Pro Wrestling in Tokyo at Kuken Hall, they have the finals, or the semifinals of the G1 Tag League. Mm. I'm just going to run down the results real quick. Go ahead. Uh, since uh, Adam and Mike didn't do a show yet. So, uh, Prince Devin and Minoru defeated... Taguchi and Naito, David went over. Uh, okay, that was just the opener and the tag league semifinals. Tomko and Giant Bernard beat Toriano and Makabe in six minutes and forty-five seconds. Tomko pinned Yano. Wow, Tomko getting a major push. Good for him. And the other semifinal for the G1 tag league. Tanahashi and Kanemoto beat Hiroki Goto and Milano Collection AT. In 1420, Tanahashi pinned Milano, and Tiger Mask 4 defeated Yujiro in 9 minutes. Super Strong Machine and Akira teamed with Jushin Liger, and they defeated Ishii, Gato, and Jado in 8.5 minutes. Oh, that looks like to be a good one. Uh, Yuji Nagata defeated Yamamoto by submission with a crab hold in 11 minutes. Ricky Choshu. Masachono and Akibono defeated Suzuka, Hirasawa and Nakanishi. Uh, Choshu used a lo- uh, variant on Izuka. And the Tag League Final, this is the new Giant Bernard and Travis Tomko defeated Tanahashi and Kanemoto in 18 minutes when Bernard used the Bernard Bomb on Kanemoto. Wow. So Giant Bernard and Travis Tomko won this year's D1 Tag League which is pretty good. That's that's cool that they're getting a pretty big push. In addition to the being a current IWGP Tag Team Champions. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool. That's In good for them. In addition to Tomko being the NWA, TN, or the, excuse me, the TNA Tag Team Champions. I keep forgetting they're not NWA anymore. Yeah, it's a shame. You know, when they first when TNA first started, they were the flagship for the NWA. Exactly. If, you're, if you remember watching the early weekly shows, they would run across, there was a little trailer on the top there, or on the bottom, I don't remember top or bottom, but it was saying, you know, all upcoming the, events for NWA shows. shows. You know, they were they were plugging everybody's shows and everything, and I don't know, then Jared fucked that up because he didn't want to travel. What a jackass. Big, big, shock, liked Jared, him. big shock with Jared screwing anything up, huh? I'm not a huge Jeff uh, Jared fan. No, I'm not either. But we do have uh, some news. There were a couple WWE wrestlers suspended today. Yes, I did see that. Public made public on WWE.com, nonetheless. Yeah. Well, they have to now. It's part of the you know part of the the uh, deal with the government. Uh, we have Chris Masters, which was his second violation. He gets a 60-day suspension, and Harry Smith, 30-day suspension. Talk about bad timing for Harry. Right. Jeez, I mean, they just put him on TV. They you know, they started to push him a bit. What an idiot. But um, we do have quick results from tonight's ROH show in Philly. Thanks to uh, Dean Burbage, who sent in the report to the WrestlingObserver.com. All right. Yeah, Mitsuharu Masawa was the headliner tonight, if I'm correct. Yeah. Awesome. Steen and Generico defeated Albright and Whitmer when Steen pinned BJ. Uh, Claudio beat Hollow Wicked. Wow, that should be fun. Let's do it really good. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then they did a little angle there with Sweeney and Claudio. Uh, Davey Richards tapped out Delirious. 
in a good match in 15 minutes. The Briscoes retain the tag belts over Strong and Romero. That should have been pretty good. Because all four of those guys are good. And they had an angle after the Age of the Fall attack the Briscoes, which led to Jimmy Jacobs, the Necro Butcher, and Tyler Black beating Jack Evans, Ruckus, and Jigsaw. Wow. When Jimmy, Jimmy tapped out Jigsaw. And then the Briscoes and a bunch of other people ran down to the ring. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, a bunch of people ran in. And they're at intermission. So I guess they're doing the live coverage. So, yeah, they're in intermission. So we'll get results later on when they come in. Awesome. See, that's anything can happen, man. We give live ROH results and we have earthquakes. Anything can happen on Rubber Guard Radio. I'm telling you, it's, it's <laughs> awesome. That was insane on the last show, man. I, I did listen to it. I did actually get to listen to the one iron five minute mark. I was, uh, I was and my wife was freaking out in the background. She's all, get the kid, wake up the kid. Get him in a doorway. And then, you were throwing, <laughs> you, then you were throwing up the X sign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Hold on a sec, Dave. Sure. Mini, you fucking troll tard. Suck my dick, asshole. Sorry. Got up. <laughs> that's, how, that's how you settle internet feuds, man. You play drops on your fucking podcast. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. Oh, so do you have any dates coming up? Um, this weekend I'm going to be doing a, this isn't really a wrestling show, but this weekend I told you I'm going to be doing a promo at the War Rogers Coliseum. Right. That's going to be, that's that's a big deal to me. I just, uh, you know, that was the mecca of wrestling back in the 80s, the 70s, 60s, 70s, and 80s was War Rogers. You had the Sportatorium, which was just gathering its population. You had the Northside Coliseum, which is now referred to as the Cowtown Coliseum. You had Will Rogers, and you had Reunion Arena and the Tarrant County Convention Center. Right. So I was what was the one in Houston? That was um, Southwest Championship Wrestling. Their main... Well, no, it wasn't Southwest. It was the, the Paul Bosch building. Paul Bosch. Paul Bosch. Yeah, it was the... Um, Sam Houston, wasn't it? Sam Houston Coliseum, that's right. Yeah, yeah, that was the one, yeah. I was trying to think of that. That's that's pretty funny because uh, the story with that is, is, you know, Duggan got fired from the WWE after that incident with the Iron Sheik, and then Paul Bosch had asked Vince if he could do a retirement show and use the WWE superstars. It was Mm -hmm. on 24-7. It's an outstanding, outstanding show. Mm -hmm. Uh, And uh, Vince told Paul Bosch he could book whatever matches he wanted out of respect to him, and he booked uh, one of his big matches as, a Mid-South reunion of Teddy DiBiase and Hacksaw Jim Duggan. And Jim Duggan had a five-star match with DiBiase, big shock there, and got his job back. So that was the uh, that was the big news coming out of that show. But uh, back to Will Rogers. It's uh, it's going to be awesome going there and doing a promo as, as my character. I, I can't wait. And that's just a huge honor to be able to do that. It's not easy to get into a building like that. Um, and do that, but I was able to uh, talk to the management over there and get it done, so that should be interesting. <laughs> My first memory going to a wrestling show was going to that building in 1989 and watching World Class Championship Wrestling, and the main event was uh, it was Eric Embry and Percival Pringle, Paul Bear, against uh, uh, Cactus Jack and Gorgeous Gary Young. Frank Dusick, oh, wow. Frank Dusick was the special referee, and it was a scaffold match, and uh, I remember the only thing I really remember about that night was Mick Foley getting thrown off the scaffold down to the ring at Will Rogers Coliseum. And so I got to see that show there. And then in 1997, World Wrestling Entertainment ran a house show there. 
and right after SummerSlam, and it was a Bret Hart and The Undertaker was the main. Austin was out with a neck injury, but he showed up and still did a promo. And I think Dude Love wrestled Owen Hart, and I think uh, JBL was in the Blackjacks with Wyndham against Los Bariquas in the opening match. I'm a big JBL mark, so. Uh, yeah, I don't blame you. It's pretty good. <laughs> so, uh, but I'm going to be doing that, and then we have uh, Saturday night, December first. For NGW, New Generation Wrestling, www.ngwx.com is our website. We're going to be doing a Christmas show to benefit Cook's Children's Medical Facility here in Fort Worth. We're going to do a show and try to raise money for them kids to, who may not have a Christmas for them to actually have a Christmas. So we're going to be doing that on December 1st. And then I have another show. I just got booked today. I just got emailed tonight by a promoter with his very first show in Graham, Texas, called PTW. His very first show is Saturday night, January 26th, and he has secured Pinkus David Fuller for his first show. So I have those two dates coming up. Sounds cool, brother. That's pretty cool. Wow. Uh, uh, the updates on our loop here? <laughs> nope, they're still in the uh, intermission. Still but we are we are going to take a break because I need to play a commercial. So hold on just a second, David. Alrighty. And now a word from our sponsor. Be sure to check out IVP Videos. www.ivpvideos.com. Two ninety nine single disc, five ninety nine double disc. For your Purasau, Lucha Libre, some MMA. A lot of classic stuff, obscure Japanese indie, a lot of indie sleaze. Once again, IVP Videos, www.ivpvideos.com. Mitty, you fucking troll tard. Suck my dick, asshole. <laughs> I love that drop. Hello, <laughs> <laughs> oh, the guy kicked me off. My dick. Well, what, what what was the story? Um, I I posted on the F4W online message board today about uh, getting someone. I, I figured I'd run a contest. You know, I have a sponsor. I may as well run a contest. So I ran a contest that uh, for a new banner for our um, for our radio show. Put it on my MySpace and my signatures on whatever message boards and whatnot. And this one fucking troll who just continues to harass the shit out of me. He just kept giving me shit and giving me shit. And it was just a, pretty much an argument all day. And I was like, all right, fuck this guy. I'm going to diss him on the air. That's the best way to get so, even with somebody. Yeah, no sh- I don't care. I don't I don't care. I have heat with so many people, it doesn't really matter. Hey, you so, and me both, buddy. Excuse me? You and me both. <laughs> Speaking of heat, man, I'm back on the Crazy Max scene. Yeah? Yeah, I, you know, I just straight up asked Tate, hey, man, you know, the the beef is gone. What's up? You know, I'm not going to not gonna be doing too much of whatever they do over there on that site. Right. But uh, I just want a place to plug my show. Right. Especially with you being on tonight in the, the last show because you're a member of the board there. Right. So. Well, no, I think it's, um, you know, you, you're... you're I don't care, you know, I'm not going to get into what happened on this show, but, I mean, uh, you know, everyone should have a, uh, 
everyone should have a forum to talk and promote their show and stuff. And, you know, there's a lot of other people on there that should be banned just for being idiots. Yeah, no shit. Well, I am going to, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to do a world premiere. Um, the the last guest that I had um, Tuesday evening was Chris Cotrere from the F4W online message board. Um, Mr. Cotrere has made 12 episodes of the TNA Adrenaline Flush, which are where Brian and Vinny, they recap the uh, TNA shows. And he's come up with, he'll be releasing a 13th episode. But I have the opening track for that, the theme, so I'm going to play it right now. This will be released on the F4WOnline.com message board on Monday. You do have to be a member, though. You have to be a paying member of the site. I suggest swapping down your $7.99 a month. It's well worth it. You get so much audio. You've got the greatest board in the world. Um, so many different podcasts that are official for the, for the website, some that are unofficial, but I'm going to play this song right now. Chris, good work. Prepare yourself for twice the action. Double prepare yourself for twice the action. The nexus of humanity. The nexus of humanity. Prepare yourself for twice the action. Oh, that was a failure. Huh? My my drop board's being fun- acting funky. Here we go. Double the TNA. The Nexus of Humanity. I'd like to show, I want want to throw out some props to uh, Quest C. West from the Crazy Max board. I just checking out some posts and it looks like he's listening live. So what's up, my brother from up in Canada? (laughs) We are taking calls from listeners, area code 347-215-7946. All right, Dave, uh, how about we play a little word association? How does that sound? That sounds good to me. Cool. What we're going to do is I'm going to give you five five names, and then I want you to rattle off the first thing that comes to your head, and after those five, I want you to do the same for me. Okay. Okay? Okay. Uh, let's see. 
Number one, Vince Russo. Creative. Really? Creative, but ignorant. I I think... I'm, I'm going to chime in here real quick. I don't think he has the talent to be a, a head booker, but I do have him see him as being an idea man. That's what he was in WWF before he... He left to go to WCW. He was an idea guy. He, you know, he uh, wasn't. He, he's a good. He he'd be a great contributor. To yeah, that's what I'm saying on a committee kind of no, thing. No, no, he no he his track record as being a a lead lead man in any company is very very bad. So um, no, he's not a lead man. I mean, if you have an indie promotion and you're not looking to make that much money and your 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 farm and your wife and your family is not on the line then, okay, yeah, he's probably a good lead man because he'll draw you some butts in the seats. But if your house is on the line and your mortgages and your life, no, I'd, I'd be the last person I'd want as my lead man. All right, the next name, let's see. Scott Putsky. Uh, <clears throat> always cool with me. Um, nice guy. Um, he probably... He's probably not done as much as he would tell you he's done. But nonetheless, he's always been cool with me. He's been a mainstay in this area for many years. Uh, that's pretty much all i got to say about him. Okay. Uh, let's see next up. Sweet and Sour Larry Sweeney. Uh, everything I've heard, I don't know that much about him. I won't pretend to say I do. Everything I've heard has been positive. So in a wrestling business, that's hard to say. Yeah, Sweeney is a hell of a talker. He's a very good worker. I put him in the same uh, same league as uh, Hot Stephanie Gilbert, same type of mold. Um, he should be the one in WWE managing Great Collie. He's got that kind of a mouth. Isn't he a Ring of Honor? Yes, um, as strictly a manager in ROH. I think I, I think I saw him on the first pay per view. I think he yep. got a promo. Yeah, the promo. Uh, yeah. The promo. Okay, yeah, I, yeah, I did see him, and I was very impressed with his talking ability and his his his, his facials, and uh, that he was very he impressed me. And this coming from a guy, I don't follow Ring of Honor that well, and I'm not very impressed easily. So mm-hmm. he did impress me first time, so that's good. Well, I think that I don't think that he's going to break through as a as a wrestler. I, I don't see it, but if by some chance one of the companies other than Ring of Honor. You know, Ring of Honor gave him a chance to be a manager. If someone brings him in to be strictly a manager, or even a commentator, he does the commentary, some commentary on the Chikara DVDs. Right. And he's really, really talented. You know, he can call a match, or he's really good on the color. He's, he's an exceptional talent. Right. I'm, not, I'm not just putting him over, you know, to kiss his ass or right, whatever. I understand. No, you, have, but, you, have, you have validity behind your statements. Oh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Okay, so that's three. Let's see. Um, hmm. uh, how about Greg the Hammer Valentine, the son of your trainer? I think Greg, uh, honestly, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do more and more associated with Greg. I think Greg is one of the most underrated, underappreciated wrestlers of our time. Greg. Greg was never flashy. 
uh, Greg stuck to what he. Every time I've talked to I, at his father's funeral, the most intimidating thing of all time was getting up there and speaking, and I didn't enjoy it one bit. But I got up there and I was and, and I looked into that church, KZ, and I saw Jose Lothario, Greg Hammer Valentine, Gary Hart, Killer Tim Brooks, Chris Adams, Skandar Akbar, and I was just like, oh my god. So, uh, but afterwards he was very nice. He put his arm around me, shook my hand, said, you know, thank you for uh, putting a smile on my father's face, and he always talked good about you. So uh, every time I've dealt with Greg, I've worked with him at a couple of indie shows. He's been 100% great. Uh, one night, <laughs> one night long before his father passed away, he knew who I was, but one night we did a show, and uh, I was, uh, my job, I was just breaking into the business. My job was to carry the robes mm-hmm. to and from the ring. So Greg Dahmer Valentine wrestled Action Jackson, the main event of this show in Big Spring, Texas, called BBOW, Bad Boys of Wrestling. Mm-hmm. It was in Big Spring, Texas. And I remember Greg gave me the robe. He said, that's a $10,000 robe. Don't let anything happen to it. So I carried that thing back to the locker room like it was petroleum. So, uh, Greg, uh, I think I think when people think about the 80s, you know, I think Greg Dahmer Valentine, you know, he went an hour with Bob Backman for the WWE Championship. Uh, Madison Square Garden. He that was the one-hour draw where they held up the title. Right. Yeah, that was on the um, the history of the, the WWE Championship, I believe. That and it was also they they showed both matches the following month's match as well. From it was on the WWE Hall of Fame for uh, on twenty-four-seven for Greg right. the Hammer. Yeah, they had the the one-hour where they held up the title, and then they had the rematch the month after where where he went back to the title. Right, and that was good stuff. He had a, he had good matches. He had the, 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 I think the most legendary Green Hammer Valentine match that everyone remembers is the dog collar match with Piper at Starcade. Right, that's the most was, memorable. I think it's the most memorable. Uh, I loved his matches with uh, Randy Savage. Uh, I like the. It's funny. I I uh, I got a kick out of his stuff he had with Ronnie Garvin. This is oh know, the WWF stuff, right? Yeah. It was something different, and it was Vince's way of burying Ronnie Garvin because he was a top store for Crockett, but it was still good stuff, and uh, I think Greg's one of the most underappreciated, under, underrated wrestlers of all time. I don't think there's anything bad you can say about Greg the Hammer. You may can say he's slow, but mm-hmm. he was slow, uh, He was slow in the area that slow was good. I think that he came into New York at the wrong time in the 80s, in 84. Right. You know, really. When Piper came in and then he came in about the same time, that was just not a good time for him to come in at all. Because how in the hell can you follow a talker like Piper? Honestly. Right. But um, there's a friend of mine out there who's on the Crazy Max board and other boards. His, his handle is Outlaw Tall Man. Chuck, if you go out of your way to find Chuck, he has a beautiful-looking 11-disc Greg the Hammer Valentine tribute set that I'm looking at now. Oh. It's got a lot of mid-Atlantic footage from the film. Um, some WWE WWF stuff and so on, but it looks good. A lot of mid-Atlantic, a lot of flair here. Right. Looks good. But to bottom line it, I think Greg Hammer is one of the most underappreciated and underrated guys of all time, and I was very glad to see him inducted into WWE Hall of Fame in 2004. He was definitely deserving. No doubt about that. No doubt about that. Okay, I got one more name. One more name for you, Dave. Uh, I'm going to think about this one for a sec. Okay. I'm going to think long and hard for this one. Hmm. 
see. I want to keep it in Texas. So, Carrie Von Eric. Carrie Von Eric probably had the most potential. Uh, and not not dissing David, not dissing Kevin, not dissing Mike, not dissing Chris at all. But as far as the absolute mold of a top drawing star when Kerry first came in, that was Kerry Von Erich. You could have easily when Kerry came into the WWE, he had the potential to be a top guy. And he came in the WWE. His first night with the WWE was at a house show in Dallas, 1989 Reunion Arena. It was supposed to be Brutus Beefcake and the Ultimate Warrior against Kurt Henning and Rick Rude. I, that was my first WWE house show, and I went to it. And then about a couple days later, or a couple days early for the show, they announced Brutus Beefcake was out with the boating accident gimmick. <laughs> so they announced everyone knew Vince had signed Kerry Von Erich. He announced here on the local news affiliates here in Dallas, Fort Worth, they announced Kerry Von Eric would be taking Bruce Beefcake's spot in the main event that night. And just the pop he got was outrageous. And then SummerSlam in Philadelphia, August of 90, headlined by the Warrior and Rick Rude in the cage and Hogan versus Tenna, Earthquake. That night, Von Eric got the Intercontinental title and was just off the chain. Uh, I think Kerry. Kerry overcame insurmountable odds with his foot, with the amputated foot he had for years with the motorcycle accident. But uh, he's, and, and this is said a lot in the wrestling business, and it's just a cliche, and I don't want to say it again, but it's the absolute truth. Kerry couldn't control his demons. And once he started to go downhill, it was like a huge snowball in Colorado in the Rocky Mountains. It just didn't stop. And he went from teaming up with the Ultimate Warrior on house shows to wrestling Skinner in the opening match to putting over Hercules to not even being on television. And uh, Well, as far as Kerry, uh, his look was better than Dave, David. Right. But David was an exceptional worker oh, yeah, in the definitely. ring. He was exceptional. Um, both as a babyface and as a heel. If you get a chance, check out the stuff from Florida with him as a heel. They brought him in so he can learn to be a heel with Dory Funk Jr. and whatnot, and that stuff was just great. Yeah, but, like, I, like I said, I, I think Dave. I think David was the best worker out of the Bon Erics. I think if you were gonna if you were gonna put the world title on anybody, it would have been Dave. Mm. But uh, you know, the thing happened with David. The tragedy happened with David, and they put it on Kerry. And, and man, and and it's gonna. I, I'm so glad that it's gonna be on the world class. There's so many people who have never seen Kerry Von Eric versus Ric Flair from the first annual David Von Eric Parade of Champions from 1984 Texas Stadium. So many people you know, have never seen that match, and it's gonna be a bonus. It's gonna be a match on the world class DVD coming out December 11th, produced by World Wrestling Entertainment. You know that that match. Has given gave me hope, and I'll tell you why. And it, it 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 made a move and kept the move alive. The backslide, no matter what match, whenever I see it, it's possible for it to be the end of a match, be a finish because of that Flair match. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's exactly. in the back of my head that Flair was pinned by Kerry with a backslide. Right. So now it's possible in any match, any any match ever. Right. I see a backslide. It could be a finish. Exactly. And things like that don't happen anymore. Exactly. 
I think I think it's it's one of those little it's one of those little moves that just isn't done anymore. Uh, I remember uh, I won the when I first wrestled when NGW New Generation Wrestling, the company I work for now, when they first started in May of 2001, they put me in a junior weight championship match to crown the first junior weight champion in 2001 in Cleveland, Texas, a little town. I won the junior weight championship with a backslide, so <laughs> and it did draw a reaction. Now, granted. That's an indie show in front of a couple hundred people down in a little town, but the move still drew a reaction. So, but getting back to Kerry, like I said, David was the exceptional worker. I, as far as being a top draw, and unfortunately, that's how people are looked at. Well, were they a draw? Could they draw? I think Kevin, I think Kerry could have drawn a lot of. He money. drew wherever he went. Well, I mean, he drew I mean, wherever he went. Right, exactly. But I mean, I'm talking about being a Hogan, being a being a Flair. Oh, okay, all right, all right. You can't. Okay, first off, you cannot put Hogan there. You you really can't. In any equation, you can't put Hogan because it was Hogan and everybody else. Right. You know, it's really not fair to compare anybody to Hogan. Right. Because okay, it's obvious Hogan was the big draw. Right. So you can't even bring him up in the same breath. Right. Because he's automatically number one. Right. So then you step down, back down after Hogan. Right. But uh, we're going to take a few-minute break. I'm going to play a song real quick. I need to go to the restroom. So okay. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm sorry, guys. That's all right. Uh, we are definitely live on the air, but I'm going to play a quick song here. Uh, let's see what I'm going to play. Ah, here we go. Frank A. Gotch. Lou Fez. Armor Burns. trained in the catch-as-catch-can method of the mass sport. Sculpted from Mount Olympus like a Grecian god with the hook-and-shoot method of freestyle and Greco-Roman wrestling. His full body slam and deadly judo chop don't even scratch the surface of his wrestling repertoire. Beware of him. He will make you his human pretzel. He's here to put on a veritable wrestling clinic. Yes, America, do not adjust your viewing screen. He truly is a man. That's pretty cool. <laughs> One of the good things about WSX was uh, Cole Cabana and his Matt Classic character. I remember that. Yeah, that was, uh, that was good stuff. So now you want to, you want to, you want to reverse the word association? Uh, not quite yet. I'm going to play... One more song so I can refill my coffee cup. Oh, do your thing. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I'm going to try to take the phone to go. Hopefully, I don't lose my connection. Uh, I've yet to get my Skype. We should be having Skype next week. I have my uh, my headset and my microphone, but uh, I'm waiting for some uh, PayPal funds to come in so I can get Skype. So then... Uh, we'll be able to call people as opposed to people calling us. <laughs> but uh, I'm going to run down the schedule for upcoming shows. Uh, this Saturday, tomorrow, 2 p.m. Pacific time, we're going to have, it's still real to me, damn it, David Wills in the first hour. and the second hour, we're going to have Alex Seat, who is a, uh, a San Diego area indie worker. Uh, he wanted to come on. He's got some shows to plug and 
he's uh, overly excited because he's going to be going to the show, I think it's the 18th of November, with uh, Rocky Romero against the great Sasuke. Oh, wow. Can you believe that? That's awesome. On a Southern California indie show. And they're going to draw 300. <laughs> That's it. Better than having it down here in Texas, you draw about 30. Yeah, no shit, huh? Can you believe that when they uh, when Pro Wrestling Iron in, I think it was it 04, 03, they brought Masawa out here to Hayward, California, mm-hmm. and they drew 350 for Masawa. There was an organization down here in Texas that brought in Muda the day after he did Ring of Honor, and they drew about... River City, wasn't it? River City Wrestling? About 50 people, yep. Yeah, I've seen it. Yeah, it's pretty good. I knew, I knew, what, I knew what was going to happen as soon as they announced it. I said, "This is Texas. Yeah. Nobody cares down here." Yeah, I hate to oh. say it, but you know. Well, let's run down uh, the schedule for the week of the fifth. We have on the sixth of November, which is a Tuesday night at seven p.m. Pacific. We have between the ropes, host and Florida independent wrestler former NWA Tag Team Champion of the World, Mr. Vito DiNucci. Vito is always fun to talk to. Um, he's, he's pretty good on Between the Ropes on Wednesday nights. Betweentheropes.com. Cheap plug for you there, Fritzy. And then on Friday, we're going to have the guy who who runs the uh, history of WWE, where it's a website that posts results from... Uh, WWE shows. That website is awesome. Yes, it's 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 any tape traders uh, tool. Dream. Yeah, I mean it's it's the Bible for us tape traders. Yeah. And uh, the owner of that website, Graham Cawthon, will be on. That's uh, awesome. We'll be talking uh, old time wrestling. So, so that's the upcoming schedule. Um, I only booked this this show two weeks, you know, two weeks ahead because uh, I like to keep things fresh that way. Um, if you'd like to check out our MySpace, it would be www.myspace.com backslash rubberguardradio. Uh, just ask for an invite, and we will gladly add you. Uh, we are taking calls, area code 347-215-7946. All right, Dave, you got five for me? Yes, sir. Well, I'm going to... Uh I'm going to wing it like I normally do. Uh, first name on my list would have to be Dixie Carter. Let's 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 be unusual. Dixie, you know what? She's pretty fine for an older woman. Uh, I heard it. I did it. But uh, <laughs> is that what you got to say? <laughs> I hit it. That's all I. Yeah. Actually, you, you know what? She's a money mark, and she's. Got stars in her eyes. She's a mark for these guys, and they're they're able to convince her to do things. Right. You know, I don't understand it. Now, I don't understand the relationship with her and Jared. Maybe there's some hanky panky going on there that her husband doesn't know about. Maybe. But, but hey, whatever, man. If these guys can, you know, milk her for all she's got, fuck it. Next up. Fritz von Erich. Fritz von Erich, the old man. Um, now this one's going to be drawn out because I'm going to go in stages with with Fritz. Okay. Um, the stuff that I've seen of him as a worker, he was pretty good. Pretty good for a big man. Um, 
more of a lumbering, slow, methodical type of brawler with that thick claw hold. Uh, he was a pretty good worker back in his day. Um, now, as a promoter, um, they lit they lit Texas on fire in '83, or you know December '82, but '83, and it was it was a great time in Texas. It was a great time for for those that were able to watch the show. Um, but he, I'm not knocking him for having his sons pushed. That's no problem. My problem with him is that he would he would cover up with the police department and the newspapers and the media all the problems that his boys will get into. Right. You know, that's that's not really being a good father. Right. You know, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's one thing if you cover this stuff up and then you, you have your, your check your sons in rehab on the download. That's different. But this guy just, like, nothing happened. You know, and his kids started dropping like flies. Right. And and then the heart attack angle where he faked the heart attack, that was just tasteless and tacky. Um, even Even for a sleazy business that pro wrestling is, that's just a line that shouldn't be crossed, and and he did. Exactly. So, on as a father, I think he did a shitty job. Oh, definitely. Obviously, I mean, there's what one of them, one of the sons living. One of them, Kevin. Which had nothing to do, probably, with Fritz. Uh. Necro Butcher. Necro. There was a time where I would bury Necro. Um, because I thought he was just a deathmatch guy, and I really don't like deathmatches too much. It's not my thing. Um, but, you know, it's apples and oranges. You know, if you like apples, you like apples. If you like oranges, that's fine, too. I'm not knocking it, man. Those guys go out and they do what they can. They work hard. But, uh, yeah, I, I used to think he was just deathmatch stuff, and then I got a hold of the the Necro in, in early Texas DVD that you put out, Dave. Right. And it impressed me. And then I started watching his matches with uh, with Loki and Roderick Strong and the, the Super Dragon matches from uh, PWG and the Joe matches. And, and I, I saw that he's not just a deathmatch guy. He can work. He knows what he's doing. And I've, I've heard radio interviews with him. I've seen his... Uh, his combat zone wrestling shoot interview, and the man is very intelligent. So, I I've turned the corner on Necro, and I'm mad enough to admit that I was wrong. Right. He never forgets where he came from. That's what I'm saying. No, no matter what, it's amazing. You know, I'll, I'll get emails all the time, and I've gotten a couple from you. You know, he said, you know, Necro put you over in an interview he did. As much as that guy's done. You know, he could easily forgotten about me and just said, yeah, whatever, I did some things down in Texas, but let's not talk about that. So, I mean, that's always, you know, every time I talk to him now, which I don't get to talk to him that much, I catch him on Yahoo every now and then. You know, we correspond to mm-hmm. Yahoo, and I always tell him, thanks, man, I appreciate it. And he goes, ah, don't worry about it. <laughs> cool. Okay, so that's three, right? Yep. Uh, Dig deep, Dave. Remember, I've been around longer than you, brother. Yes, you have. Uh, Playboy Buddy Rose. Ah, top ten. He's my top ten favorite. 
I love him. I'm trying. I'm gonna. As soon as we get the Skype going, I'm gonna have him on the show. Just uh, because I love. I love Buddy. Um, a friend of mine, Paul Lewis, is very good friends with him as well. So he's. I've heard nothing but good things about Buddy. Buddy. He's like Flair. You, you can't have a bad match with him. He's, right. uh, he's an amazing talent. Um, you see, I saw him late 80s. It was the first time I saw him. And uh, he was just an amazing, amazing worker. And even though, you know, over over time he kept putting on the weight, putting on the weight, putting on the weight, he showed that you didn't have to be a bodybuilder to be a, to be a good worker. Exactly. Um, he, the the program that him and uh, Summers had with the Rockers in the AWA was just amazing. They did they never ever had a bad match. And I'm a big time collector of AWA footage, and especially Buddy Rose. And I just never saw him in a bad match. I think they put the I think they put Shawn Michaels and Marty Jannetty on the map with that feud. Oh yeah, you can you can walk up to Shawn Michaels right now and ask him what would he be like now as a talent without working the program with Buddy Rose, and he'll tell you I'd be a job guy. Right. I mean, Buddy taught him. Exactly. Lothario may have been the one that trained him. He may have spent some time with Watts doing jobs and whatnot, but he learned. How to work with Buddy Rose? Exactly. Um, even even later on in Buddy's career, when when he came back in the uh, late '80s, early '90s, and did the blow away diet and all that other that stuff, that was hilarious. That shit was great. Yeah, I'm, I, I that's one of my favorite all time vignettes, the blow away diet. Yeah, you know that was some classic stuff. And then you'd always see, you'd always see him on house shows, uh, like on the Madison Square Garden Network with the weight scale, where he would get on it and then he would pull the weight scale, he would get off of the weight scale and he'd pick it up, and it would still be on the same weight it was when he got on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he'd yeah. make the ring out to read it. 217. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's good stuff. And um, Buddy's also a hell of a trainer. Yes. You know, he, he has a school up there in uh, Northern Oregon with uh, Ed Waskowski, Colonel De Beers. Right. Um, yeah, they have a school up there, and uh, the last time that WWE was in the Northwest, some of his students got a dark match tryout. Um, I mean, geez, if I were training, I would definitely go to Buddy's school. Yeah, definitely. Um, speaking of schools, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna put over a buddy of mine as well, uh, Buddy Wayne. He's located outside of Seattle. He has a training school. You can uh, check out his website, www.buddywayne.net. Uh, Buddy jokes around saying that his school is OVWF um, because he has he's close friends with uh, Hustler Rip Rogers, the head trainer at OVW. So uh, if you want an inside track, contact Buddy. Okay, sorry about the cheap plug, but no, it's okay. Got to put him over too. He's a hell of a worker as well. I definitely would. Uh, anybody out there listening that is not familiar with Buddy Rose and the Shawn Michaels, Martin Jannetty, Doug Summers feud we were referring to. I would, if you do have the Shawn Michaels from the Vault DVD that WWE released a couple of years ago, it does have some promos leading up to it and the actual uh, one of their um, big matches. And the I Blood believe, on the Sand. And then I also believe there's a Steel Cage match on the uh, Spectacular Legacy of the AWA DVD set. 
Yes, that's from around Christmas time in 86, St. Paul, Minnesota. See, I'm an AWA mark, man. Yeah, that's cool. I have. I, I tell you what. I, I, I tell you what. Not growing up in growing up in Texas and being fed NWA with world class and WWE, mm-hmm. I didn't get a whole. I didn't get a chance to view a whole lot of AWA. Uh, I thought the DVD WWE put out. Of course, it's going to be a little one sided, but I thought it was very insightful, and I thought it taught a lot of people about the actual legacy behind AWA. Well, they they did better with the story than I thought they would. Definitely. But I think it's because Vern Gagne was on board. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? They, they didn't bury it exactly. completely. But um, also, the Shawn Michaels DVD that comes out very soon has also got more of his early stuff. It's actually got a world-class match of Billy Jack Haynes from the Sportatorium. Yeah, that's cool. You can believe that. Um, and um, the last one, Dave. Come on. Give me a good one, brother. Give me, give me a good one. Okay. Uh, let's see. How about we venture off into the MMA world? Sure. And um, my favorite MMA guy is Dan the Beast Severed, so I'm just going to throw that one at you. <laughs> Wake me up when it's over. I mean, his MMA fights were shit. His pro wrestling fights were shit. Dan Severed is close. Sorry. Oh, okay. <laughs> he is dull. He is boring. He's probably the nicest guy I've ever met. That's crazy. Oh, I'm not saying he's not a nice guy. Yeah. I'm not saying that at all. You know, he's a great guy. I've met him a couple times. Right. It's just he bores me to death. Bores me to tears. He, you could, if you could fill fill a, a syringe full of charisma and shoot it in his ass, he still wouldn't have any. He is that dull. Oh, and that's a copyright saying there, so. That's my catchphrase. Oh, okay, gotcha. We do have open lines, folks, 347-215-7946. Give us a call if you want to talk indies, uh, pro wrestling, WWE, MMA, movies, music, low jobs, what you did last week, how your Halloween was, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dave, we know that uh, you are a collector of master DVDs. Yes. Is there anything that uh, you've seen recently that you'd like to talk about? Um, I'm excited about the World Class DVD. Um, oh, yeah. About that coming out December 11th. Um, I know uh, they got. I know they've got three big DVD projects coming out. With Cena coming out Tuesday, Michael's coming out the 11th, and then Steve Austin's coming out November 20th. Right. Haven't seen a Max listening for Austin's DVD yet. Kind of excited to see that. I grew up watching Steve Austin down here in Dallas. Mm-hmm. So naturally, when he became this big deal, I always liked Austin in WCW. I always thought he was very... He was solid. Uh, he was very underutilized in WCW, and I always thought he could be a breakout guy. But it was very naive of me, you know, okay, get real. You know, Flair and Vader are the top guys in WCW 93, and WWE is Bret Hart and Lex Luger. Well, you know what, Dave, I'm, I'm going to cut you off right here. He was he was fine. They he, they were bringing him along fine and fine, and then that bullshit with Duggan. Oh yeah. That was the starting of the burial. You know what I mean? That all came when they out. when they gave him the gave Duggan the belt, and then they started to bury him from there. I mean, I think everything was going fine up until that point. But then again, you you got to just look back at history and go, my God, thank God that happened. 
because then he did get jobbed out. He got injured. He went over to New Japan. He got injured. Mm-hmm. That shit happened. He went to ECW, and then the rest is just history. Well, things happen for a reason. Um, have you seen the injury? Have you seen footage of the injury? It was a 1992 G1 Climax tournament where where it was for the vacant NWA title. No, I haven't. Yeah, he got hurt in a match. It was with Arn Anderson in the second round, if I remember right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you can get that footage at www.ivpvideos.com. Haha, <laughs> that's a segue, baby. Hi, <laughs> try hard. Have you gotten the Rey Mysterio DVD yet? No, my brother-in-law bought it today, and he called me and told me he was uh, he, I'm probably going to watch it sometime this weekend. Hmm. So all good matches. I saw the match listing. All good matches. I just well, I have all the matches anyway. I just exactly. I want to watch the story. <laughs> I want to watch the story. You know, see see how well they did the documentary. Yeah, documentary. Um, I was going to say something. They they do those really well, don't they? Mm-hmm. Like the Flair one was fun. Right. Um, what was the best one was uh, the Horseman was great too. But they they had some holes in it. But yeah, they definitely had some holes in it. I love how I just loved how Flair and Paul Roma just went back and forth. I love that. I, I yeah, that was good. I love. I mean, I just don't don't hold back. You know, when you're doing a, a, a documentary, you know, don't just throw it all out there because that just makes it more interesting. I, I love. Well, the, there's a, I love. There's a little bit of realism in all of them where they go, they kind of go past that line. Of, mm-hmm. You know, we'll see that on the World Class DVD. Where, you know, we'll really see. Because I've heard some things about it, mm-hmm. but um, re- growing up in the in the shit, growing up in it, you know, I, the Heroes of World Class DVD I thought was excellent. The only problem I had with that was is there was hardly any footage. True. It was mostly just people talking, and I'm not knocking it, but I know Vince Vince will throw a shitload of footage, and you'll actually be able to see visuals of stuff going on while someone's talking. That way you can see when they're talking about Gino Hernandez. You can see him there with Chris Adams. You can see the Cotton Bowl Classic. When Gary Hart's talking about uh, Abdullah the Butcher and Bruiser Brody, Will Rogers Coliseum, they'll actually be showing it to you while they're talking about it. True. That's one thing that's one thing that they're gonna that they're gonna have that's gonna be better than Heroes of World Class. Is they're gonna actually have the library. Right. But I, I, I think it's gonna be like when WWE put out the uh, Rise and Fall of ECW, and then uh, Borash put out the Hardcore History, right, or whatever, not of the Hardcore For, History, Forever yeah. Hardcore, Forever Hardcore, yeah, Forever Hardcore. I think it's going to be the same way, where each DVD will complement the other. Exactly. And you get different looks, different different views of the story, right? Which you know, I think is going to be pretty cool. Oh, definitely. You know, the no one story is right. Exactly. Okay. Each guy or each person has their own version or, or how they think things went down or whatever. Right. And, you know, why not? Right. You know, you're get, get, people will, will get both stories and then they'll figure out what, you know, what, what they think is right or whatever or what they believe. Right. <clears throat> but yeah, that, that should be a fun, fun set. You mind if I take two minutes to get some plugs in? Not a problem. We can... Uh, <laughs> Hold on just a second. Let sure. me play. All right, we're going to play a rather long song, so I'm a little bit of a uh, boss rooting here. <laughs> <laughs> this is good stuff. Live radio. you got to love it. Love it.
Dang the dang the dang. Bang! 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 El Wapo. 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 He tried to kill me. So I gotta return it the favor. I leave in two eyes for an eye. Gonna bounce his head on the table ten times. Dong 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 dong. Don't you ever do this? Smack his face. Ow! Knee to the face. Bang bang bang. I'm sorry, sir, but I'm gonna break your leg. Okay, I'm sorry. Bang! No, I'm not. Pushing down as hard as I can, break the arm, and I go whoop like this, and I slit your throat, and it's over and out. Wrong move. Don't do that to El Wapo. Bang, 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 El Wapo. Bang, 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 El Wapo. We are in a happening place. There are many weapons. A glass, very dangerous. You can stab it right in front of somebody's face. Then we have the pepper and salt. Now it can blind him. Of course, a nice little plate. Break it, and now it's a stabbing device. It will have sharp edges, and it can cut your throat. You can cut people with it. Oh, look at this. Now, this is a big one. The bottle of beer. I was on the street. I took two beer bottles because we were fighting like seven guys. You break the bottle on his hat, that will work for sure. Listen, man. Somebody's telling me that about my wife. I grab his toes and then I'm gonna go like that. This knee will be shattered. Now I got two people only to take care of. Like a Jackie Chan roundhouse kick. Bang, bang, bang. El Wapo. Bang, bang, bang. El Wapo. Bang. El Wapo. Bang! 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 El Wapo. Bang! Bang! To the bang! Please, I grabbed the barrel. Give me your wallet. Maybe he holds a gun there. And they shot already two people. You know you're gonna die. Boom! I'm gonna die. Elbow and bang! Bang! Grab the gun. Hit him with the barrel. You got it. Whoa, that's fucked up. They touch me or my family, they're gonna get hurt. That's just the way I am. The guy was trying to pick my eyes up. First he took my one eye out, and then he tried the other eye. I knocked him down. I had this fight against three major drug dealers. If somebody punches me, I take the punch. He's not gonna knock me out. Right there, I break his spirit. But somebody from above saved me. He had a glass in his hand. My face would have been a big mess. Fighting is great. Don't see me as a fighting person. Hasta vista, baby. Bang! All righty, we're back here on Rubber Guard Radio. Um, <clears throat> I'd like to do a quick plug. Uh, our second guest 
ever was Dr. Keith Lipinski. And Dr. Keith sat down with New Jack and he filmed a multiple disc uh, shoot interview, uh, Ultimate Insider, doing time with New Jack. Uh, you can pick that up at, you know, any retailer, Best Buy, whatnot, or you can get it online at iSpots.com or Amazon.com. Uh, there is a writer for the Wrestling Observer and F4W Online, Derek Bergen. He does a review of this. Uh, you can check out the review at www.f4wonline.com, and that'll bring you to the front page, and it'll say uh, Derek Bergen reviews doing time with New Jack. Um, I've yet to see this, but from what I hear, it's insane. Have you seen it, Dave? David? Oh, okay. I'm alone here. Dave? Can you hear me? Gotcha, brother. Okay, sorry about that. I know oh, I that's no problem. I haven't seen the New Jack shoot interview, but I know, knowing New Jack, like like uh, the one time I started with him in Houston to sing his things over the years, it's one you certainly don't want to miss. Yeah. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. From what I hear, uh, Dr. Keith had a blast doing it. So, uh, Plus, New Jack, I mean... You know, he's uh, he's like a, a remote control car, dude. You you put a battery in him and he goes. <laughs> you know, you, you you don't need any help there. Exactly. Uh, Got a lot of you, have any questions for uh, David Fuller or myself? You can call in area code three four seven two one five seven nine four six. Dave, I don't think we're gonna get too many calls tonight because it is a Friday night. So that's all right. But, Whatever, dude. You're on. You're on the uh, Rebel Guard Radio to shoot the shit with me, right? Not to uh, talk shit with anybody. Let's hold on for just a second. Uh, someone from the Kentucky area has something to say. Okay. Man, my drop board's really slow. Huh. Really, really slow. Stop playing. Hello. Well, Whoa. Well, there you go. Let me tell you something. I'm sick and goddamn tired of this bullshit. <laughs> yeah, tell us how you really feel, Cornette. Yeah, I, I, that was Cornette. Okay, yeah. I'm going to be facetious and say, who was that? I heard he Sorry. Really, I heard you really, you, he really you won't be able to get away with that one, Dave. I heard he recently got married. Congratulations to uh, James E. Cornette on that. Yeah, congratulations there, Jimbo. He uh, got married to a... Rat that was from uh, the Bay Area here. <laughs> well, I happen to know her, so. Um, oh, okay. Well, more congratulations. Which, <laughs> oh, yeah, I have I have stories. You want you want rat stories? Uh, I have one. Sure, go ahead. All right, cool. Um, I I did tell the story on the Conga Days podcast, but he cut it out because of uh, potential legal issues. Oh, so, okay. but fuck it in. Uh, Nineteen ninety late nineteen ninety seven, they had a WCW Thunder taping out here in Oakland. And we went to the show and then after uh J.R. Benson and uh his friend I'm gonna use her work name, Sin, and a couple other people, we went to the uh to the Marriott near the airport in Oakland and that's where the boys were staying. So uh, 
excuse me, it wasn't a tape, it was a live show, but they taped it, you know, they replayed later on, because we're on the West Coast. And uh, we were there, we were hanging out in the lounge watching the show, and the big show walks in, you know, the giant, and uh, Finn says that, uh, <coughs> I'm going to go try to get with him. So she goes over and talks to him, and then they both go into the elevator, and then she comes back down, and ten, you know, ten minutes later, she and she gave him a blowjob in the elevator, and she says he's definitely a giant. Oh my god! <laughs> wow. Yes, that's <laughs> yes, that's Jim Cornette's new wife. Well, she sucks. Obviously, I wonder if she. Never mind. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> Don't go there. Let, let let me deal with the legalities, okay, and let's not get yeah. you in trouble. Yeah, well, just read the back of Carlito's shirt, and you can figure out what I was going to ask. Spit <laughs> or swallow. Yeah, there you go. Well, she was wiping her chin when she left the, left the elevator, so... Well, it could have been sweat, man. Have you ever, that guy sweats like there's no tomorrow. Yeah, no shit. That's <laughs> insane. Uh, if you don't mind, I was going to uh, plug my uh, plug something. I've got uh, I've got some new merchandise coming out. Uh, to sure, plug away, bro. I commemorate my 10 years, which will officially be in April. It'll be 10 years ago I broke in. Um, on my MySpace, uh, MySpace.com uh, slash Vengeance David Fuller, the T-shirts will be arriving. They'll be in stock next Friday. Uh, $15 internet price shipped. Um, uh, the design is on the MySpace page. Um, it's a black shirt with red font. And I have small, medium, extra, uh, excuse me, small, medium, small, Small, medium, large, extra large. Also, I have the commemorative 10-year anniversary of Vengeance Table Fuller DVD. It contains seven matches from my 10-year career. Uh, matches from the old IHW in the backyard. Uh, matches for TCW, which is now XCW. Go back to the days when they were called TCW. Matches from the NAWA. And a match recently I did for NGW at the Haunted House known as Texas Scarecrowns. Uh, there's also uh, some bonus material, such as a slideshow uh, with some pictures of me, Rodney Matt, Jazz, Necro Butcher. Uh, there's uh, a, a, a promo I cut after a match in 2000. Pretty bloody promo. Uh, there's a, a little backstage vignette I did with a couple of wrestlers goofing all backstage at the Haunted House. And... There is the promo I will be cutting for Mole Rogers Coliseum this coming weekend. That'll be on there as well. So that's uh, that's I think that's either that's seven or eight bucks with artwork. Um, it'll be a professionally made DVD with artwork that's also available on there. And uh, there's that. And I'm also looking for a new webmaster to do the official page of Big Jacoba Fuller. So any webmasters out there that we're looking to uh, get some more clients. Uh, if you'll shoot me a message on MySpace or email me at dominantdf at yahoo.com, I would like to get a uh, new webmaster. And also on my MySpace page, you can actually watch YouTube matches, some of my uh, matches from the past on YouTube. So, got that out of the way. Thank you. Cool. All right, we're going to play a commercial real quick. I need to run in the bedroom. <clears throat> so, get it, Carl. My drop board's running really slow. <laughs> so if you hate the stuff today but love the old stuff, the Carl Stern shows are for you. CarlStern.com. And guess what, Fetzel? I'm the world 
Runs down the history of wrestling, carlstern.com. Now, for a lot of you people out there, that's a real hard neck to swallow. Talks about stuff largely that happened before 1989. And the whole goddamn world knows who I am. The Carl Stern Show, carlstern.com. So if you hate the stuff today but love the old stuff, the Carl Stern Shows are for you. carlstern.com. Yes, you want all the money, you want all the glory, you want to fly first class, you want to walk around with someone like her, you don't deserve it. Woo! Wow. That, that commercial gets, never gets old. Definitely. But we have one more commercial to play for my sponsor. Look at a load anytime now. And now, a word from our sponsor. Be sure to check out IVP Videos. www.ivpvideos.com. Two ninety nine single disc, five ninety nine double disc. For your Purasau, Lucha Libre, some MMA, a lot of classic stuff. Obscure Japanese indies, a lot of indie sleaze. Once again, IVP videos. www.ivpvideos.com. Oh, that was cool. And one more plug. Uh, join the Empire. www.f4wonline.com. That was easy. Well, David, we have 43 minutes to go. Any subjects you want to bring up? I was going to tell a couple of road stories. That was all right with you. Cool. Go for it. Did a show back in June of 1999 in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Oh. Could I cut you off for just a sec? Sure. Can you do this, uh, tell the story, and take about five minutes if I need to use the restroom? Sure. So I'm going to leave you on the line. You tell your story, and I'll be back in a few. Okie dokie. All right. Thanks, Bob. All right, folks. Uh, David Fuller here. I'm going to tell you a little road story. Uh, June... 13th, 1999, I believe was the date. Uh, WCW had been running a pay-per-view called the Great American Bash, 1999. The main event was Kevin Nash and the Macho Man Randy Savage for the World Heavyweight Championship. Um, that was going on, and wherever they were, I don't recall, but we were doing a show in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, for a company called Deep South Wrestling that would later go on to become NWA Deep South. It was my first road trip um, to another state. So, um, very, very surreal moment. Over there, everything's licensed, and they have a committee, and down here in Texas, they don't. So, nonetheless, anyway. So, on this show, this guy's first show, so he's bringing in Public Enemy. Whew. Oh, sorry. I apologize. Uh, it is... Uh, 10 o'clock Central Standard Time down here in Texas, so I'm, uh, and I haven't been feeling well, so I'm a little tired. But nonetheless, uh, NWA Deep South is running its very first show. They had booked The Public Enemy, Johnny Grunge, and Rock Rock, Bless Their Souls, One Man Gang, Kevin Norcutt, Roddy Mack, um, Team Extreme, which is two local guys, Kit Carson and Chris Germany, former NWA World Tag Team Champions, myself, and a few others. So, um, we get there. I remember we had left. Uh, that was on a Sunday. We had left on a Friday. Me, uh, Dexter Hardaway, J. Diego, Sugar, and John Grudden. Uh So we left on a Friday. Went to Tulsa, Oklahoma to pick up. We left Dallas, Texas Friday. Went to pick Dexter up. Oh, excuse me. We left on Saturday. 
Went to go pick Dexter up in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Then we went to Mountain Home, Arkansas from Tosa. And worked a very, 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 very small indie show in Arkansas. That was my first trip to Arkansas, and my only one, by the way, to work there. Um, I had just broken into the business, been in for about a year. So we did a show there that night, and then we spent all night Saturday driving down to Baton Rouge so we could make the afternoon show. So we get to Baton Rouge, Louisiana, we're going over everything. And uh, they went ahead, and they were te- they were actually taping it for television, a real television station. It was actually on the WB affiliate down there. So I was pretty psyched. There was about 600 people there, which was probably the biggest crowd I've ever performed in front of. So anyway, the the funny part was is uh, I rode with a guy named John Grundon. So the main event was a Royal Rumble. So I went out there. It was uh, when I, when when I got to the ring. I think I was number five. And this match had everybody. One Man Gang, Public Enemy, Kevin Norcutt, Rodney Mack, Dr. X, Canyon, Chris Germany, Kit Carson. Everyone you possibly think of was in this match. So I go in. I get dumped out pretty early, thank God. And then uh, I go to the back, and I'm watching. So the announcer is announcing who's coming out next. Well, he the announcer goes, John John Grunge. Well, here comes... John Grunge? Yeah, he said John Grunge. So here comes John Grunden, the guy I came to the show with. He runs to the ring. So I'm back there with Johnny Grunge, and Johnny Grunge goes, Who the fuck is that? And we're laughing our asses off. He said, That piece of shit. So Johnny Grunge says, I'm going to beat his ass. So someone goes, Here, take this. He had a fucking mop. He took the mop to the ring and started beating the shit. It was supposed to be two-minute intervals. This fool went out right after Grundon hit the ring and started beating his ass with the mop handle. <laughs> and then he told everybody in the ring. He went around, and you can see him call the spot. He goes around everybody, and he gets everyone to doll pile on Grundon. <laughs> so it was classic. And uh, i got to say, uh, Rock o' Rock and Johnny Grunge, uh, you know, bless your souls. Uh, but that one night that I got to hang out with them, they were totally cool. Uh, I was nothing but a, just a green mark, just broke into the business, and they they put me over. Uh, I guess I had taken a crazy bump that night, and they were putting me over. Just really cool, two really cool guys. and So that was really fun for me to do that show. And then uh, it's funny, I, I rode back with Rodney Mack and Jazz, and uh, we went to a Chinese restaurant in Lafayette, uh, and uh, Jazz was wearing uh, hardly anything, but uh, she was wearing some real skin-tight shorts, and I forget what she was wearing as far as shirt. I think just a cutoff. So that's just the way they're, they're, they work out a lot. That's just what they wear. We went to a Chinese restaurant, and they refused to service because of the way she was dressed. Ronnie Mac, and Ronnie Mac's voice is exactly what he said. Fuck y'all motherfuckers. <laughs> Both oh, always sons of bitches. Where were y'all doing the goddamn war? And I told him, I said, let's get the hell out of here before you go to jail. <laughs> so finally, we went to a, a Chinese restaurant that would serve us. It was the best Chinese food I ever had. I imagine that in Lafayette, Louisiana, best Chinese food I ever had. So that was a that was that was a that was a road trip for sure. And that was when I first broke in in June of '99. So. And what's funny is I came back from Louisiana, and that's when IHW, my promotion, was on 2020. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that until I got back. 
And then as soon as I got back, the phone was ringing off the hook. People were like, you were on fucking national TV. And I said, sweet. So that was kind of a good weekend for me. <laughs> Pretty cool story for what I caught. All right, let's go to the Wrestling Observer site because we will have breaking news. Breaking news, we're going to have ROH results as soon as Dave's slow-ass website loads. <laughs> Heavy traffic because they're doing live play-by-play. We keep it, when we're watching the WWE pay-per-views, we keep it on there just to get his little witty comments after the matches. So. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I'm really not a fan of uh, Dave's comedic comedic stuff. If you want comedy, you need to uh, check out F4WOnline.com. Brian Alvarez is a brilliant writer, and he is hilariously funny. He is just funny as hell. <clears throat> I mean, yes, I'm a member of his website, but and I will plug it till I'm blue in the face, <laughs> because while they do, they do have the great greatest podcasts on the internet. You know, they have everything. They have a a, a show that focuses on Japan. They have Dr. Keith, who does the wacky indie shit. They have Carl Stern, who does uh, old school stuff. They have Mike Coughlin, Five Star Radio, which is MMA. You know, and then of course there's Brian and Vinny shows that review TV shit, and and then the Figure Four daily shows, which are pretty wacky. But uh, yeah, definitely check out check out the uh, F4WOnline.com. Join the Empire. Breaking to, to break to break away real quick. Uh, sure. What about uh? So you're uh, too bad you can't come out to that Frightmare Weekend Fest in February, man, to see the Night of Living Dead reunion. Yes, you asshole. I saw that picture on your MySpace with, with God himself, George A. Romero. Hey, man, I waited two and a half hours to get that picture. Hey, he is God, I'll tell you, as I far mean, as I'm concerned. I tell you what, that was, uh, that was, I tell you what was so fun. Romero was so cool. I went and met him, and, and I stopped. I, I asked him one question. I was just curious. I said, hey, where are we on Diary of the Dead? And Romero just started telling me all this shit about what he's got to do, what he needs to do. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool. He went into a whole conversation. And I was like, oh, okay, that's great, that's great. <laughs> and uh, then we went around. It was me and my old man, my dad. He went with me last uh, in June, and we went around. And then we saw uh, Russell Steiner um, and uh, George Casanza and uh, John Russo. From Night of the Living Dead, they were there, and Russell Steiner, he played Johnny in Night of the Living Dead, and right. the original, and he is just awesome. I mean, he's emailed me. We've emailed each other a few times since then. You just That guy is just very nice, and he actually gave me the heads up. He gave me the heads up in, uh, in August that they would be coming back for the 40th anniversary, and I can't wait. Judith O'Dea is going to be there. She played Barbara. Uh, Mrs. Cooper, she's going to be there. Uh, Bill Heinzman, who is the first zombie in the original Night of the Living Dead, he'll be there. That's just, and then you're going to have Ken Foree from Dawn of the Dead, some other people from Land of the Dead, and then uh, Day of the Dead. That's just going to, and then there's another one. There's another one two weeks later in Dallas with Robert England as the guest of honor. So then I got to turn around and go to that one. That's cool. Yeah, man, I would I would make it out there in February, but uh, I have a a wedding to go to in the first weekend in February for uh, in Vegas which happens to be a 
Super Bowl weekend and UFC weekend. So debut of Brock Lesnar. <laughs> yes, Brock Lesnar is supposed to debut on that show. Yes. So, what do you think of him going into MMA? I think I think he's going to do very well because he's he's gifted. He's a gifted athlete. I think so too. I, my 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 personal opinion. I could be wrong about this. If I was Dana, I would I would market the hell out of the fact that he's a former three time WWE champion because you would draw that WWE audience. Exactly. Who's not over there? But Dana, Dana doesn't hate the WWE, but he refuses to. He's just, and I don't blame him. I'm not going to sit there and say everyone should praise the WWE. But I mean, I would use that if if I was in his shoes and I was trying to make money. I mean, Vince would use it if he wanted to make money. If if, if I signed a guy who used to work for Vince and he was a headliner for Vince for as many years as Brock was, I'd use it to my ability and I'd try to draw more money out of it than I could. So we'll see what happens. I think he's got a limited potential especially in the very dead heavyweight division that is UFC right now. You know, he does have potential, and a, he uh, excuse me, he has the work ethic of, of an amateur wrestler. Um, he's hungry. He wants to learn. He's pretty much washed his hands of the pro wrestling thing. He right. wants to do this. He has that background, the amateur background, which is a plus, and he's a monster, and he is strong as a beast. Mm-hmm. So he's going to make a hell of a fighter. Um, he He's eager. He wants to learn. That's the, it's the thing. And that that's why I think that uh, that Dana signed him. Right. Because he's hungry and he wants to learn and he's young. He's like right. 28. Right. You know, and his body's not broken down. Nope. You know, and he's he he can easily cut down to 265. Very easily. So, yeah, he's going to... I think it's going to be good for everyone involved. I think it's a great investment for Dana. I think it's a great investment. I have to agree with you. I mean, right Uh, now, there's not too much going on in UFC right now. I'm I'm not bashing the product. I love it. But, uh, you know, like the next pay-per-view is Michael Bisping or Rashad Evans. Not dissing Mm -hmm. any one of those fighters, but... Unless you're a hardcore UFC fan, you really don't know who those guys are. That's true. Well, that's going to be that's going to be an interesting uh, fight because it's, the way it sounds is that the winner will get a title shot with Rampage. Right. And it's uh, the first time that they've had the uh, you know Ultimate Fighter season winners going head up. And they're both undefeated. Um, yeah, they're both undefeated. Um, yeah, that's that's going to be a pretty good show. I you know, Carl, Carl Parisian and uh, Rio Chonin. Which is going to steal the show, which is no doubt. Right. Um, but yeah, it's going to be fun. I think uh, uh, I, I'm looking forward. I'm looking more forward to 1229. You know, for Silva, Liddell, and uh, uh, Matt Sarah, and Matt Hughes. That's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah, that's going to be fun. And the uh, Ultimate Fighter finale in December, December is going to be fun. December. It's December 8th. It's the same night as Mayweather Hatton. Really? Yes. So, and I'll be watching Mayweather Hatton, of course. <laughs> well, and I'll be. Te- I won't. I'll I'll be watching the Ultimate Fighter finale first, and then I'll catch the other one on a download. I mean, I mean, um, on a replay. On a replay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think my uncle is going to be buying it, and, and my when my uncle buys boxing fights, he goes all the way and he cooks these big six steaks. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a, it's. A all right, now give me a winner, Hatton or Mayweather. Um. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Hatton, man. I think Hatton's gonna I think Mayweather's gonna underestimate him, and I think Hatton's mm-hmm. gonna catch him. 
And mm-hmm. the, thing, the thing about Mayweather is, is just, you just got to catch him. If you can catch him, and Hatton's quick enough to catch him, and he's powerful, I think he can beat him. I don't think he can knock him down, but he can... He, Mayweather's not going to be able to dance around him like he's danced around Zab Judah, like he's danced around De La Hoya. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it'll be the best Mayweather fight he's had to date, the toughest challenge. Whether well, Hatton will just keep pushing, keep pressuring him, keep pushing him, keep pushing him. Exactly. And the the thing is, Mayweather's never really fought a quality fighter like that that just keeps bullying ahead. Exactly. So I think that, I don't know, I think that uh, Hatton's going to squeak out a very close decision. I don't think either one, you know, is going to be... Uh, Defiant. Yeah, it's going yeah. to uh, dominate and whatnot. It's, it, it it has the potential to be a, um, just, a, I, you know, I watched El Hoya Mayweather. I just wasn't, you know, of course the buy rate was freaking horrendous, which I knew that going Two plus in. million. Right. I knew that was going to be just staggering because of the two names involved. And mm-hmm. this fight won't do nearly... They probably do a quarter of the buys that Mayweather uh, De La Hoya did, but I think it'll be a lot better fight just because <laughs> De La Hoya didn't give a shit. Oh, boxing! Boxing's in trouble. Oh, boxing definitely. is definitely in trouble because this is it. Yeah. This is it. There, there aren't any more marquee fights out there right. unless you get Hatton and uh, uh, De La Hoya. But why? Exactly. Especially you know, really. Mayweather beats especially Mayweather beats Hatton. Yeah, there you go. Now, um, back to uh, UFC. Uh, yeah, December eighth is going to be the Ultimate Fighter season. The Ultimate Fighter live or six? Oh uh, yeah, it's going to be the finale on Spike TV, and the main event is going to be Roger Huerta against my dog Clay Guida. I did see that. I did see that as the main. Oh, uh, Clay wait Guida. I told you. I told everybody in the world the first time I saw that guy at the first Strike Force show. Do not sleep on Clay Guida. Right. Whether he wins or loses, it doesn't matter. That kid just keeps coming. One of his fights was on Unleashed this past week on Spike TV. Oh, the uh, Tyson Griffin. Yes. That is a potential fight of the year. Right. I yeah, haven't man. Watched, I haven't watched it yet. I Tebow. Oh. I watched the Ultimate Fighter, but I haven't watched Unleashed yet. I'm going to watch it tonight. Mm. Good so. stuff. Tyson Griffin's another one. I saw you know, him and, um, and um, Edgar. Oh, on, another uh, match of the year candidate. On, yeah, Meltzer put that over in his daily, in his uh, weekly, in his daily update last weekend, and it came on Wired, and I TiVo Wired every week, and I watched it, and it was just, it was off the page. That's the, you know what? That's the hottest division of the lightweight, oh, I think, because they're, whenever you see a lightweight matchup, it's always action-packed. They're always bringing it and always pushing because, you know, they are the little men on the card. Right. You know what I mean? I'm not saying, you know, small man complex or anything. It's just they're small, and and you don't see a lightweight a lightweight fight, you know, headlining headlining a pay-per-view or whatnot. Right. But these guys, they fucking bring it. Right. You know, and they're great athletes. As I mean, as, top to the bottom. As far as UFC goes... The the light heavyweight fight, the big marquee light heavyweight matches have been the top draws for Ultimate Fighting the last few years. You know, with Liddell Couture, and you know they they've drawn the the biggest the biggest uh, buys. It it it, it and on on the show, I mean, what are you thinking of the Ultimate Fighter show so far this season? Um, 
the fights have been fun. Uh, the stuff in the house is, is weak. I mean, these guys, I understand that they're young. I understand that they're cooped up in this house. They have, you know, nothing. They have no touch to the outside world. These right. guys with cameras and shit. But you still have to be a professional. Right. Okay. No matter what you do, you have to be a professional. That's it. Because, <clears throat> excuse me, Joe Silva, the Fertitas, and, and Dana White, they just don't see these, these guys, you know, training, and they just don't see them in the house or whatever. They watch for character. Right. You know, because if you have character and you have some skills, they'll sign you, and they will, you know, you have a chance to, you know, to come back. Not, not, if you don't win, you can still come back and still make a name for yourself. Oh, like a lot of the guys have. Yeah. But they, these guys, they're not professional, and they don't show character. Right. You know, a couple of them are, you know, whiny little bitches. Oh, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> you know, I'm not going to knock anybody for their fighting skills or lack thereof or training or whatnot. I can't because I'm not a fighter. Right. So I, I don't have the place. It's not my place. Mm-hmm. But these guys, you know, some of them just don't have that work ethic. You know, there are a couple guys like Matty Arroyo. He's going to be a star. Right. He is really good. Um, Mac Danzig, he's all right. I think he's overrated. Yeah, Mac but, Danzig, he, he, I think he just, he hasn't been challenged on the show yet. I mean, he did his thing with Pride. He had some Pancras fights and some other stuff, and WEC and whatnot. But I don't think he's all that. I think they brought him in to be the, you know, the experienced veteran. Right. Um, see, so yeah, Matty Arroyo... And there are a couple other guys. I'm bad with names, but there are a couple of them. Couple, well, there's no, couple other guys that look good. Like, just like you said, KZ, there's no, there's no one this season that you're really invested in. There's always that one or two guys that you always get really behind, and you mm-hmm. really, you really want to see go to the end. But there's just nobody there this season that you can do that with. The only person I'm behind right now is Hughes. <laughs> That's the only person I'm really behind right now is Matthew. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Because he's getting buried right now, and I'm just so I, I I have nothing against Matt Sarah. I hear all the time it was a fluke, it was a fluke. I, when he knocked whatever Pierre. No, I'm not gonna. You know, anytime you get in the ring, you take a chance on getting knocked out. That's Sarah, right. Saint Pierre. I love Saint Pierre. He's awesome. I do too. He got knocked out. Big deal. You lost. Matt Sarah's the man right now. You can't take that away from him. There you him. go. So, but uh, he, the, I guess he's the um, he's the antagonist on the show because he is talking shit every yeah, single segment. <laughs> and for some odd reason, he's coming off as the heel, and Hughes coming off as babyface, which is kind of opposite because you know Matt Hughes in 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 real life is a dick, right? You know that, but that's his his personality and whatnot, but I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. I'm not hungry for Wednesday nights at 10. Right. Like I have been in, exactly. in the past season. It's, it's, it's nowhere, it's, it's, it's nowhere, the first season was awesome. Liddell, Couture, you don't get any better than that. And then the second season, I haven't seen any of it, so I'm not going to comment. It's Franklin and Hughes. Third season was Shamrock and Ortiz. I bought it. I thought it was okay. Nowhere near the caliber of one. Um, and then the others, you know, I know Travis Luter, Fort mm-hmm. Worth, Texas native, by the way, my fellow Fort Worthian. What a joke. <laughs> Could, Could I, I rant on him real quick? Huh? Can I rant on uh, your boy Travis Luter? Hey, I, I don't know him. He's just from Fort Worth. Go right ahead. 
that guy is a fucking joke. I mean, he won this tournament on this show. He got the title fight. Couldn't make fucking weight. One pound, wasn't it? Yeah, but the rules are the rules. Yeah, no, I no, I agree. You with know, him. he couldn't drop one pound, and he almost beat Silva. He almost beat him. Yeah, he damn near caught him. You know, but oh, I can't believe it goes back to being a professional. Exactly. You know, this is your job. This is what you do. He showed Dana and and everybody else in UFC that the fighting is not as important as him training guys. Right. And he, and there's and. Anderson Silva had it right. I mean, Anderson Silva felt disrespected that this man didn't make weight for this title fight that he earned rightfully. You know, and and Anderson Silva is the best in the game right now, I think. I have to agree. Pound for pound, probably the best in the world right now. I don't see anyone being able to beat him. You know, Franklin, there's nothing against Rich Franklin, but I I looked at the pay-per-view and I said, you got to be kidding me. That'll be over in the first round. <laughs> yeah, it looks like um, they're <clears throat> they're trying to throw money at Dan Henderson to have him move down to 185. Because I think um, he would probably be the next challenger. Uh, Hollywood Dan has a chance to put him out. Um, they're, uh, let me see. Uh, that Campman guy from... Uh, from Europe is a pretty good striker. That's right. a pretty decent matchup. But other than that, there's not much. What, Yushin Okami? What's he right. going to do? Bore him to death for five rounds? There's no one left, you know, to to fight Anderson. You know, and yeah. Franklin's done. There's right. really no one to, to move up in there. Right. Yeah, Silva's the man right now. I, I saw him. I watched him against uh, Franklin when he won the championship. I watched him against Liebman. What do you think about Chris Liebman? I think he's a joke. Mm. I think he was a joke. He was. He was up in up in the Northwest, not focusing on what he was supposed to be focusing on. Then he moved. He moved to Hawaii and started training out with BJ and those other guys. Mm-hmm. Now he's now he's focused. You know. He's got all the talent in the world, and he's got a great chin. He just lacked focus. And sometimes when you are when you stay in your area where you grew up and whatnot, there's, you know, there are things going on there that, that sidetrack you. Mm-hmm. And I think that, that threw him off. I tell you what, um, this last Ultimate Fight Night Live, I'm sitting here watching him. And I'm watching the match, and and um, I'm I'm paying attention, but not really. I'm I'm reading. I think I'm reading my observer that I got, and I see him. I see him get tagged, and almost go down. And he got tagged, and he rocked back. I put down my observer for a second, and the next thing I know, he hit his opponent. I forget his opponent's name. He hit his opponent. And knocked him down. It was unbelievable, and I just I couldn't help but mark out. I'm not a Lehman fan, and I wasn't very interested. I thought the fight was kind of eh, mediocre at best. But I jumped up in the air. I said, "Oh my God!" So he he showed me something that night because he he got rocked. He took two steps back, and then the next thing you know, he's on top of the other guy. Yeah, that was a that was a pretty good finish. 
<clears throat> where he was he was sleeping for uh, you know two and a half rounds. Exactly. And, you know, then he woke up, and I think that Lieben is a hell of a fighter if he's focused. I, that, I'm going to say that again. If he's focused, he's a damn good fighter. Uh, I think that that he got rattled by Silva. The Silva loss, I think, rattled him a little bit. Right. But I think that this last win helped boost his confidence, and he's going to, you know, step up again. Definitely. Um, and not come back like Franklin did. Right. You know what I'm saying? Franklin was shattered by by Anderson Silva. Both times. The oh, first yeah. time it shattered his his confidence, and and the second time, Jesus, shattered you know, his just, career. Just by, yeah, exactly. Just by looking at the looks on his face, you know, he's like, well, he's got that "why the fuck am I here" look on his face. Right. And to be honest, Franklin's done. There's nothing he cannot drop down to seventy. Right. There's nothing for him to do at two hundred five. And what's he gonna do in one eighty five? He, you know, two two losses and you're done. That's right. it. You're not gonna get another title fight with Silva. Well, that no one. He he's 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 too nice of a guy to. Uh, to draw any other kind of money in some kind of grudge match with somebody, he's just too nice of a guy. Yeah, exactly. You couldn't do a Shamrock Ortiz with with him and anybody because he's just too he's too nice. Right. So. Oh, uh, the guy that uh, Levin took out on the fight night was Terry Martin. That's right. I was Which struggling. I I wouldn't call it an upset, but it was a surprising surprising win for Levin because Martin good. is a powerful powerful 185 guy. He's 185. He's fighting 185, but he's got the 205 power. Yeah, he, he yeah he he looks very powerful. And it was a very very just you know I I love watching. Uh, I'll be recording. I'll take some of the UFC fights off Unleash and put them on a DVD so I can watch them later. And mm-hmm. I'll put a fight on and I'll get on the computer. And I, I the thing about love about UFC is you always know when the fight's over with. Mike Goldberg, it is over. It is all over. <laughs> <laughs> they do. They do a pretty good job. What do you think of Joe Rogan as a commentator? I think Joe Rogan. When I first, I watched UFC a long time ago, and then I got out of it because I was a pro wrestling fan. But then I started getting back into it, and uh, and and my brother-in-law told me he said Joe Rogan. I said, "Who's Joe Rogan?" He said, "That's the Fear Factor host." I said, "No shit." He goes, "Yeah." And I started watching, and Joe Rogan, he's very, very intelligent when it comes to... Knowledgeable. Very knowledgeable. He's Well, he he trains under Eddie Bravo, the man who created the rubber guard. Ha, 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 the irony there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, he's very knowledgeable. He, he's the perfect color guy for Mike Goldberg. I think Mike Goldberg is an outstanding announcer. Uh, uh, when, when Vince was trying to wheel him away from the UFC a couple of years ago to come back to the USA Network and do Raw when they moved back to Uf- USA. I didn't know a whole lot about Mike Goldberg, and, and of course I'm thinking, well, this guy's going to come in and take Jim Ross's spot? you got to be ribbed. But uh, I think if Goldberg would have taken the job, he he would have came in, and uh, it would have taken, taken him a long time, but he's an excellent, excellent um, host of the event. He's, yeah, uh, I, I like Joe Rogan. Um for one, he's a pothead, uh, big time pothead. So he's all right in my book. Um, also, he's a pretty good uh, stand-up comedian. I have uh, his his last uh, comedy album, which is really good. I have his last uh, comedy DVD, stand-up DVD, and I'm going to go see him next month 
he's going to be in town next month, so oh, I'm going to take okay. my wife to go see him. Cool. Because, uh, yeah, he's pretty good. He's really funny. Uh, yeah, we I thought, do. I thought Couture was a very good uh, backup commentator when he spoke on the fights. When he did the main events, yeah, yeah. he's knowledgeable. Right. But um, we do have a little news to announce here. Uh, they've announced that UFC 80, BJ Penn will be taking on Joe Daddy Stevenson for the interim 155 lightweight title. Um, in the coming weeks, uh, Sean Shirk has his appeal with the California State Athletic Commission That's for right. his uh, steroid failure. Uh, if he is suspended, then uh, looks like the Penn Stevenson winner will get the lightweight title. Right. Um, if it's a year, if it's six months, then they may have the winner of Penn Stevenson against uh, Shirk to unify the title. Exactly. So they're going uh, the interim route. That'll be in England, right, in Newcastle? I think so. That's going to be a hell of a fight. Oh, definitely. Because BJ's the man, and Stevenson's no joke either. <clears throat> they've got some pretty good, like, with, with, they got some pretty good lineups coming up. You know, you got uh, this month with Bisping and uh, Evans. Next month, you got a double main event with Silva and Liddell, and the title match between Sarah uh, and Hughes. January. What's in January? January is Penn and Stevenson. That is oh, that's right. Yeah, that's yeah, that's uh, and then in England, and then Super Bowl weekend's going to be fun. Brock Lesnar. Yeah, Brock Lesnar, and they've got some. They've got some. Uh, they've got some good stuff coming up. We have uh, other other uh, fights announced for UFC 80. We have uh, Gabriel Gonzaga against Fabricio Wardum, number two, which should be a decent. Marcus the Irish Hand Grenade Davis against Jeff Leowden, which should be good. Marcus Davis is pretty good. Sam Stout and Terry Edom in lightweight. That should be fun. And Kenzel Grove will be taking on the always troublesome to be announced. What? Kendall Grove is a... Um, Talk about a joke. He was, he was you know, showed his true colors, didn't he? He got knocked the hell out. He got He's knocked, overrated. He, he, yeah, he, he won Ultimate Fighter 3. And uh, that was very surprising. I did not... I did not see him lasting. No way. Oh, well, my my pick for for season three was Caleb Starnes, the guy he beat, or the guy that you know verbally submitted because of the the injured rib. Right. But yeah, I thought that Starnes was going to win. But uh, I, I, I I I thought it was all Hamill until he got hurt. True. Didn't like it. I, I don't. I don't like him particularly, but I just thought he was going to win. I just was like, that guy's a fucking, he's a, and then Bisping, once Hamill uh, got hurt, I just knew Bisping was just going to take it all the way. Bisping. What you think, what'd you, what'd you think of that uh, fight in England between them two, the highly controversial one? It was a robbery. Definitely. Um. Yeah, this, the November 18th, is, I think it is, or, 17th, 17th, Survivor yeah, 17th, 18th. Yeah, it was supposed to be the rematch, but uh, Hamill went under the knife for knee, That's right. knee surgery, so. So it's Rashad Evans. Yeah. Oh, Oh. okay, it was uh, Patrick Cote that took out uh, Kendall Grove, UFC 74, which I wouldn't call an upset. Cote, you know, he was a pretty good fighter. That was headlined by Gonzaga Couture, correct? 
Yes, sir. Okay, yeah, I watched that one then. I was I remember I saw Kinder Girl Fight not too long ago, and I was remembering what show it was on. <laughs> well, it's so many, so many shows and. Oh yeah, they had. I mean, my God, they had the one at the end of August, and then they had the one like second week of September in England, and they had one the fourth week of September with Liddell Jardine. <laughs> excessive, excessive. Thank God one of them was free. Yeah, no shit. The only reason I saw it. <laughs> well, that doesn't. Anyway, we won't talk about that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> we don't need any legality problems here. Yeah. It was on Spike TV, so that made it. Yeah, that made it very easy. Mm-hmm. Well, it was just it was tough staying away from the site, so I wouldn't, you know, look at oh, any yeah, spoilers yeah, or anything. Yeah, definitely spoilers. Yeah, I know it's because sometimes Meltzer will put in the in the headline new champion, and I'm like, no. Well, there was going to be a new champion no matter what because yeah. of the unification match. So that's true. What did you think of the Rampage uh, Henderson fight? Oh, I liked it. I, I was, uh, it was tooth and nail. It was. Uh, I hate the judge's decision now. I hate it. It always seems like it's a robbery. So, uh, but Rampage is the man. He is so dominating. It's not even funny. And just, I watched. It was it. a. It was a good fight. It was exceptional. It wasn't a fight of the year candidate or anything, right. but. It was a good chess match. You know, they were just... I watched for the first time uh, about a week ago, I watched Liddell Jardine, or Liddell uh, Rampage from when Aaron Prince won the belt. I was just like, my God, that man is unbelievably... He's dominant. Yes. So, it'll be interesting to see who wins this Bisping Evans match to go up against him. So... I would, you know, I think Rashad is is more deserving. But on the other hand, I want to see Bisping get his ass handed to him by Rampage. <laughs> Dropped on his fucking head. Right. You know, but that that 205 division is really drying up. You know, it really is. There's not much going on in it anymore. It used to be the hot division, but not anymore. Right. Now it's all about the lightweight. I'm just, I'm partial, you know, because I have friends that fight in that division, and right. And I'm kind of partial. Hey man, I'm 120 pounds, so you know. See what? Small what the hell would that, that make you? Small guys are where it's at. Yeah, there you go. Well, I mean, they bring it. You know, they bring it. <clears throat> no matter what. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah. yeah, they bring it because you know, for one, they they they're fighting for respect. You know, and then also, you know, they they have to prove that they belong on the card, and you know, plus plus the thing with having a division that's as stacked like that, it's, it's difficult to move up to the move up the rankings to get a title fight. Right. Okay. What we'll do is uh, let's run down the seventy nine card real quick, uh, and you can just give your quick prediction. Sarah Hughes. Uh. I think it's going to be, I think Hughes is going to dissect him and just, I think he's going to, the the inexperience of Sarah. Sarah's got a lot of intensity. It's just so intense. It's not even funny. Sarah's going to come out with a quick knockout. And as long as Hughes can stay away from that, he's going to dissect him, take him down, 
Um, I don't see it going five rounds. I easily see it going three, three and a half, maybe four. If it goes, if it goes anywhere past the second round, I think Matt Hughes has got it all the way. Okay. And what do you think? my main, I I I have to agree with you. I think that Hughes is just gonna, just gonna wear him out. You know, and Sarah is a conditioning nut, so I don't see him gassing. But I think right. that Hughes will catch him in like the third. Right. Uh, the semifinal, the Iceman, Chuck Liddell against Vanderlei Silva. Vanderlei Silva is coming in to prove a point. This exactly. Is first fight in the Ultimate Fighting Championship. Liddell is still reaming from the Jardine loss. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say Liddell's heart's not in it anymore. But I watched the Jardine fight very closely, and that is not the same Chuck Liddell that I'm used to seeing. So I, I think I think Silva's gonna gonna handle him. I think so too. Uh, not the first it. round. Not the first round. I think they're gonna both be tentative in the first round. But so then they're gonna both try and bring it in the second and uh I think that Silva's gonna put him away. I think so too. Um, Silva's going in to make a statement. Well, Dave, uh we're coming up on the finish here. Yes, sir. Let's get in your plugs real quick. Got my uh my MySpace page for Vengeance David Fuller is MySpace.com slash Vengeance, V-E-N-G-E-A-N-C-E, David Fuller, D-A-B-I-D-F-U-L-L-E-R, where you can get, you can watch matches for my career, you can catch my schedule, um, buy the new commemorative 10-year t-shirt, buy the commemorative 10-year anniversary DVD, uh, message me if you want to ask me a question. I'm always answering messages. I'm never too busy to talk to anybody. Uh, I need a webmaster to do a new site for me, so any webmasters out there that want to do one, email me or MySpace message me. Um, NGW, New Generation Wrestling, is live Saturday night, December 1st. We're in the Southwest Community Center in Southwest Fort Worth, Texas. Uh, it's going to be Christmas Chaos. It's www.myspace.com slash NGWrep, R-E-P or www.ngwx.com. And that's all I got on my end, KZ. All righty, brother. Well, uh, we will have you on again. So uh, thanks for coming on, Dave. I'm going to cut you off so I can uh, swap on my my plugs. Okay, go right ahead. Thank you so much for everyone that listened, and thank you, KZ, for, always ha- for having me. It's always a pleasure. Not a problem, brother. Support the Indies. Have a good one, buddy. All righty, you too. Bye. Alrighty, folks, that was Texas Independent Worker Vengeance David Fuller. Uh, I'm going to run down a couple plugs here. Uh, you can check us out on MySpace, www.myspace.com backslash Radio. Uh, you can leave comments or whatnot. Uh, friend invites are always encouraged. Uh, please check out my sponsor, www.ivpvideos.com. Two ninety nine single disc, five ninety nine double disc, and so on. Lucha, Puro, uh, Japanese indies, some MMA, bunch of different stuff in that on that site. Uh, Chris is pretty good. Uh, guaranteed three day shipping. So yeah, he's pretty good. Uh, you can plug www.f4wonline.com. Seven ninety nine a month. Uh, it may be a pay site, but they have some of the greatest podcasts, and Brian puts out a 
kick-ass newsletter every Tuesday night, Wednesday morning. Uh, all the good news there. Uh, WrestlingObserver.com, definitely worth checking out. Uh, that should be about it. We're coming down to our last minute. So I'm going to play a song on the way out, and we will see you tomorrow afternoon at 2 p.m. Pacific time with, it's still real to me, damn it, David Wills and San Diego independent worker Alex Saint. All right, guys, we'll see you later. The drop board works. Frank A. Gotch, Blue Fez, Farmer Burns, and now Matt Classic. Classically trained in the catch and catch can method of the Matt Sport. Sculpted from Mount Olympus like a Grecian god with the hook and shoot method of freestyle and Greco Roman wrestling. His full body slam and deadly judo chop don't even scratch the surface of his wrestling repertoire. Beware of him. He will make you his human pretzel. He's here to put on a veritable wrestling clinic. Yes, America, do not adjust.